We're your hosts, Alexa and Melissa. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Midwest Mamas. We appreciate your support as always. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Melissa and I love finding people who have wonderful stories to share and make a difference in our world. If you know of someone who you would like us to chat with, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can find us on social media under The Midwest Mamas. On today's episode, we are sharing a conversation we had with author Ruth Schwank. She shares with us how she started her journey and how she focuses on helping women grow together and keeping your faith strong through tough moments in life. We hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today on our podcast, we have Ruth Schwank. Can you say hi, Ruth? Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Yay. (laughs) Thank you for being here. We're so excited. So Ruth, can you um, just kind of, before we start diving into all our different questions we want to discuss, can you just kind of give our listeners a background of who you are and just your life? Sure, sure. So, um, well, let's see, where do I start? I, (laughs) well, I have uh, been married for over 20 years, and I have four kids. Um, Tyler is almost 18. I'm not sure how that happened. Um, Yeah, Bella is almost 16, and then Noah is 13, and Sophia is 11, even though, you guys, I have the funniest story that I was just a, well, this was before the lockdown and everything. We were at the chiropractor, and I was telling the chiropractor that Sophia was 12, okay, and my my two oldest kids were the only ones there with me. And they kept saying, mom, no, she's not. She's a lot. And I was like, you guys, she is 12. You know, like I was in right. front of the chiropractor until finally, like I stopped and I counted the years and I was like, oh my word, that is really embarrassing. Like anyway, <laughs> but anyway, Sophia is 11. Okay. Um, she's, our, she's our youngest. And then um, we've been in full-time, my husband is a pastor. So we've been in full-time ministry for I guess almost 20 years and then online ministry for about 10 years. And, um, both my husband and I both are authors as well. So a little bit of everything, I guess. Yeah. Wow. And is your daughter almost 12? No, that's the thing. (laughs) I was, she had just had a birthday and in my mind, you know, I don't know how it happened, but (laughs) Somehow she she aged a year in like a week. So anyways, yeah. yeah, that is funny. Well, congrats on all those kids. And that is a long time to be married. Congratulations on 20 oh, years. That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks. So you also said that you're an author. So what led you to writing and what would you say has been one of the biggest hurdles as a writer? Well, first of all, I didn't really plan on being a writer and I would still be, I would still say, oh, I'm not really a writer, even though I am. But yeah. <laughs> um, I actually, like I said, about 10 years ago, I, my kids were little then, and I felt really alone in motherhood. And I just, I don't know, I just, at some point I thought, gosh, I'm sure I'm not the only one um, that feels this way. And so I kind yeah. of, in my mind, was was really thinking, what would a ministry to moms look like? And I wasn't sure if that was in our local church or what that was, but I really prayed about it for a, probably almost a year until uh, it kind of all came together for me. And I, I thought, oh, I want to start an online ministry for moms. And so I started a blog called thebettermom.com 
for uh, moms of all different ages and in different stages. Uh, it was like a place, well, it is still a place where we can come together and learn and grow and more like a community site. So I have about 30 writers on that site um, who write for moms. Um, and so I guess that's where it all started, where writing for me all started. And it was in a it was in blog post form. Um, and so I had no idea. I mean, when I started it, it was purely like from that spot of, oh, my word, I feel so alone. I want I know there's other moms that must feel this way. How yeah. can I bring them together and how can we learn and grow? So that's really how and I had absolutely no idea what all that could become. So, um, yeah, so that's where it started really was with with blogging. And then, um, you know, from there you know, honestly, books are just being an author of a devotional or a book. It's just, I realize it's another way to get that message out to encourage and equip, you know, women. So yeah, that's kind of how it all started. I think you did ask what are the biggest hurdles of being yeah. a writer. Um, it's just, it's not, it doesn't come easy for me. A devotion does a blog post, a devotion a yeah. book is a whole nother beast. And so that was something that, you know, in the past, um, at this point we don't, but in the past with, with some of our first couple of books, we had what was called a, what they call a writing coach. See, some people probably don't even realize all the stuff behind, you know, authors, but you know, some people, yeah. some people have, um, ghost writers and, you know, there's, that's a whole different story, but oh. th there's also what are called, um, writing coaches. And that is somebody who, everybody has an editor as well, but a writing coach is somebody who kind of, um, they help you through it. So if I were to write a chapter, I could send it to my writing coach and then she could give me feedback and tell me, okay, this is the direction, you know, stop repeating this so much or, you know what I mean? Things yeah. like that. So that's what we did at first. Um, and that was really helpful just in the learning process. Cause like I said, I didn't plan on being a writer. It's not something that I necessarily feel, um, you know, really confident in, um, yeah. But I love like blog posts, devotions, like the, I love that. That's my that's my spot. Um, books are a, just a totally different story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I can't imagine. <laughs> right. And so and you kind of talked about some of just the struggles, you know, like that's harder to write a book than a devotional for you. So what? Um, what makes writing devotionals and blog posts your sweet spots? Like, what do you love so much about those? Well, it's just, it's, you can say what you want with fewer words, you mm. know, and I think mm. in a book, you're trying to carry a theme throughout a whole, you know, s you know, it might be 50 to 60,000 words, you know, it's, it's a yeah. lot. It's just, yeah. it's a huge, it's, it's really difficult, honestly, um, but now that we've been doing it for a long time, it, it it's easier. Uh, but yeah. at first it was really daunting. Like, oh, my word, I can't do this. Right. <laughs> Why am I doing this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so what do you have um, either a favorite blog post that you've written or I mean, and I'm sure there's ton, but like if you had to choose like some of your favorite ones or subjects that you've written about, whether through the devotionals or blog posts, what would you say has been like your favorite 
I don't know, favorite area or just thing to relate to help get that message to moms? I Well, I think it's probably just the theme that is, is the underlying theme of everything I do. I'm kind of like a cheerleader that, you know, for moms, I feel like, yeah. or for women in general, um, where, you know, I, I guess my favorite part of it all is just that I can keep pointing women to Jesus. And that's really my hope. I mean, obviously there's all sorts of topics. We talk about anxiety, anger, any of those things are always really popular. Um, but you know, the bottom line is if, if I can just keep pointing women to God, I feel like that is a huge accomplishment because there's so much, you know, vying for our attention and our time. And the bottom line, you know, of it all is that you know, we can't get through all of those issues we face without him and if he's not our foundation. So I think that that's probably the theme that hopefully runs through everything that I do. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about your book, um, The Better Mom, Growing in Grace Between Perfection and the Mess. So what was your inspiration when you were writing this and what is the takeaway from this book? Well, the the inspiration for for this book was um, I don't hear it as much today, but you know this was from a few several years ago now, um, and I it was the the message that we do hear sometimes where it's kind of like oh forget the laundry, sit on the couch, drink a glass of wine, and <laughs> the, it'll all work itself out type of you know that type of attitude. And I am I and so I. I feel like that was so prevalent um, for a time. And it certainly is still out there, that message where it's kind of like, oh, forget it. You don't have any control over it anyways, type of I in motherhood, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, now I, I think there's a balance there. And I think that's where the whole idea, you know, came for this book is that, you know, there's a balance between perfection and the mess, basically. So because yeah. I think we all want, you know, then the other extreme is, you know, it's all about rules and, you know, everything has to be right in place. And um, so it's like one extreme or the other. And I really feel like um, if we can look at motherhood as more uh, who we're becoming first and not, you know, so much what we're doing, um, we've we've started to get it right. Um, and that it isn't. So that was kind of the inspiration behind it is just seeing that prevalent theme in our culture that mm-hmm. says, you know, you can't basically, oh, you don't have any control over your what happens with your kids anyways. So just forget it. <laughs> and right. I'm being a little yeah. extreme right now, yeah. but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then at the same time where you feel like it has to be all perfect. So that was kind of the inspiration um, behind it. And then just, you know, the takeaway was just, um, Again, like I said, that if we can look at motherhood as more who we're becoming and not so much what we're doing um, and learn, you know, look at motherhood as as basically a lifetime of learning, um, that it's really not so much what's happening in our kids. Of course, that will all happen, but it's really what God's you how God's using motherhood to change us. Yeah. And then, you know, then our mothering flows from a from a healthier place when we look at it in that way. Yeah, that's a good point. And 
on your blog, you um, have a post just about how to lead your children through what the we're all going through right now with um, mm. COVID-19. So can you share just some of your, what you discussed in there? I know, so I have, we have two five-year-olds and a three-year-old and it's hard for them to grasp like why mm. we can't just go to a playground or go into the store or, you know, like, and it's like, well, because of the virus and, you know, it's just like, so what can you, what have you learned to kind of help your children understand mm. all of this? Yeah, I think it's definitely hard when it's, um, you know, obviously my kids are older, so I can have a mm-hmm. conversation that they completely comprehend about it, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, but I still think our kids, no matter what age they are, <clears throat> they learn so much from us um, and how we respond to things. So I think, mm. you know, no matter what age your kids are, some of the things we talked about in that blog post and it's, um, you know, it's long, so I won't go over everything, but yeah. <laughs> I think you know, most, um, importantly, uh, is that we have to be confident and rooted in God first. And so our kids sense that, you know, our kids sense if we're anxious, not that you can't ever be anxious in life. Again, I'm not right. want to go to an extreme, but yeah. if you do, if you do, I, I guess I should just address that. Like if you do feel afraid and you are acting anxious and you come to the realization that that's happening then there's an opportunity to say, you know, tell your child, listen, mom is, you know, was feeling nervous about this. And in times like this, we need to trust God. And I, I was not trusting him. And, you know, like being just open with your child, if because it's we yeah. are going to struggle, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just being open about those things when those times come. Um, but yeah, I think if, if your kids can see first and foremost um, that you're rooted in God's word, that you you trust him, um, that's the first way to lead them through something like this. Um, and then the emotional well-being uh, is something else that we talked about in that blog post, which kind of ties into this as well. But um, that they, again, they'll sense how you're emotionally doing will usually, you know, rub off on your kids. And so um, I think if they can see, again, emotionally, you are doing okay, then they're going to go with that. You know, so if I'm acting out of control, well, then they're going to be pretty afraid too. you know, right. And I, I mean, I think some of these things are just they go with all different things in life, not just not just something like this, you know. Um, but again, there our kids are watching us, which is why it's so important for us to really take it an inventory of our personal life and who we are and what we're going through and how we're responding. So um, our emotional well-being, our kids will feel that um, and they'll follow that. And then I think something that I was actually, I think I just shared yesterday um, or recently on, on Instagram was just you know, take this time, you know, to establish new family rhythms. Mm-hmm. And I mean, how many, okay, I don't think we've ever been really given a time like this, unless you just are able to take a few months off of work, but um, right. <laughs> where we literally, we can't do anything else, right. you know? Yeah. And so 
this is like the opportune time to just, for me at least, I'm thinking, okay, I want to really reassess what is important to us as a family, um, what our priorities are, how we're spending our time, and we want to come out of this differently, you know, than we went into it. Um, Because this is an opportunity, like I said, like that we don't usually have to do something like that. And so I think it's a perfect time, you know, maybe there's people I know that really struggle with doing family devotions. And obviously, no matter what age your kids are, you can do this. Um, You can do devotions. They just look differently. Um, And so I'm talking, it might be five minutes, you know, if you have a little tiny child, you know, you're reading a Bible story, but whatever it is, however that looks, um, it's the perfect opportunity to start making that a part of your, you know, nightly routine or however you, maybe it's breakfast, whatever it is that you're doing. So I think, and then if you have older kids that are able, honestly, even if you have some younger kids that could participate, it would be so fun to sit down and just talk about what's important to you as a family and and how you want to spend your time and priorities and things like that. Yeah. Um, so that's something, yeah. yeah, that's something else that I just really feel like uh, we have this opportunity now that we don't normally have to kind of yes. put things in place in our homes. Uh, because really the biggest excuse all the time is that we don't have enough time to do that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then let me think of a couple other things we talked about were just how we can use this time to help our kids uh, serve others And so I know it's a little bit difficult, obviously, because we are, um, we can't, well, for us, at least, we can't really come in contact with anybody. And so what we've done is made some cookies and left them on somebody's doorstep, you know what I mean? Things like that with just a little note. Um, And that's so simple, but it really is, it means a lot to people, first of all. And I think what a good example for your kids, especially, well, no matter what age your kids are, they can participate in something like that and feel like, oh, we're serving somebody with a with a note of encouragement and a little treat or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, we gave somebody a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> At this there point, you go. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really exciting to people. Yeah, to give yes. Woohoo! <laughs> or hand sanitizer. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And then I think, you know, just lastly, remembering that um, through this time that we can just keep pointing our kids to to Jesus and that we can trust him, that he has things under control. And what a good opportunity to really teach our kids that if we haven't gone through something that feels a little unsettling or is, you know, different Um, or if they have disappointments, I mean, there's a lot of kids that have disappointments because there's things, you know, like my son, I mean, he's graduating and, um, we homeschool, but he, we are, we are part of a co-op of about 300 kids and they have a graduation and there's about, about 20 kids graduating. And we had, you know, we had a whole ceremony and everything planned and I don't know what's going to happen. You know, that's not going to happen. I don't know if it'll get, you know, and so I've already talked to him about that. We've talked through that. And so I think it's a good opportunity, no matter what disappointments your child is facing, um, to point them to Jesus and that we can trust him and things don't always go like they want, like we want them to. Um, 
but but he's still in control and we can trust him with the outcome. So those yeah. are just some of some of the things we talked about in that blog post. Yeah. Thank you. All that is really powerful stuff because a lot of us need to hear that. Yeah. Um, So also on your website, you share a personal story about going through a very difficult season. And you said that um, you told God you didn't want to go through it, but that he got you through it and you grew in ways that you could never imagine. So to someone um, going through a trial time right now, um, what were some things you did in the midst of your trial that helped you? Well, I think, you know, the reality is that I just want to say first and foremost, the reality is that most, all of us will face trials at some point um, and we all face multiple trials. And so um, I think what we, it's just been interesting, honestly, in ministry to, in, you know, my husband being a pastor, um, after all these years, you know, there is a common thing um, that we see happen when somebody goes through a trial. And, um, well, there's one of two things that happens. Um, they either run to God or they run away from God. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think if we can first and foremost see those trials as uh, how God wants to change us and grow us, and if we can actually, you know, because it's interesting when somebody goes through a trial, and I guess I would say this for somebody, anybody who's going through a trial right now, or if it's around the corner or whatever, um, you will have a choice. You will have a choice to either follow him and trust him in that or to turn from him. And it's been interesting to see how many people over the years we thought had such a solid, I mean, these were like solid Christians, you know, they had such a solid faith foundation and then something rattled that and they, it was like all of a sudden, oh my word, I can't try, you know, what's going, you know, they, it was like everything disintegrated. And so we have a choice when we're going through trials to either turn to him or turn away from him. And I think, you know, what's helped me in the past, uh, my natural inclination is to trust him. I just want to say that it comes a little bit easier to me, probably because one of my spiritual gifts is faith. And so I, I know I'm not, I'm, I just want to say you, you may doubt and you may think, oh my word, I can't believe I'm going through this. And, and even I do, you know, as things happen in my life. Um, but I think if we can just, first of all, remember one thing I've, I try to do is remember what God, remember what he's done for me in the past. And so, or in my life or somebody else's life or, you know, how, how you've seen him work in the past, he can work today. And I think if we, if we can remember those, how he's been faithful in the past, then we feel more confident of his faithfulness in the future. And I think, Though that's really um, that's been one of the biggest things for me in trials um, is is looking at how he was faithful to me and to others, not just me. But I look at that's why it's so good to know other people's stories and how he's worked in other people's lives, because I can see then he did this for so and so he could do that for me. Um, So I think if we remember who he is, And then also just remember who he says he is. And so um, I I can't remember the scripture reference right now, but the verse is something like those who know my name, trust in me for I've never forsaken those 
um, whose heart is steadfast in me. It's, it's something like that. But basically, I love that line, those who know my name, because what it's really got, what God is saying there is those who know who I am. You know, so if you know who God is, if you know that he's faithful, you know that he loves you, you know that he's trustworthy, you know that he's, you know, just, you know, what whatever you know about his character then you can trust him in your trial because you know his name. And I think that really goes back to um, the time that we spend today getting to know him by spending time in his word and, um, you know, all of that. It really matters for when we're facing those things that we, we don't know, we don't have answers for and we don't know how to handle because we know his name. We know who he is. We've, we've spent the time to learn about him. And, and so in that, we can trust him because we know who he is. So I think those are the two things for me that have always been, you know, remembering his faithfulness, yeah. remember how he showed up in the past, whether it's even in biblical stories or, you know, even in the Bible or in, you know, today with people that I know or in my own life in the past. So, you know, just remembering his faithfulness and those things and then remembering who God is um, and his character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think like how you talked about like getting in God's word and um, I have your devotional and I'm going through that right now with the better mom and Mm. it's, I believe in God and you know, like I know Mm -hmm. he's real, but it's crazy how like, You'll read a devotional, you know, like I'll read one of your daily devotionals and it relates to something to me. And it's just like, how do they know that? You know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy, like (laughs) how God works, like through someone else, like to remind you to forgive others, to remind you not Mm. to be selfish or just, you know, whatever it is like. And obviously, you know, that doesn't happen every single time you might be in the word or in a devotional, but like, right when you take that time to mm-hmm. be with God and to is, I mean, it just, every time just like, Oh my gosh, like it's just crazy how God can speak to you through a right. variety of things, you know? Yeah. And I think not, not giving up on that because, you know, the people that I've met that are in the seasons or even in the seasons where I didn't feel like I felt like God wasn't really speaking to me or, you know, like I can't, you know, I mean, I've had, I, it's heartbreaking, but I've had, like, I can think of one woman about six months ago who sat right in front of me and said, I can't find him. You know, I, he's nowhere. I go every, I'm looking for, because she had been facing terrible things in her life and she's searching for God and she can't find him. And I think if, if you're in that spot and I told her, don't stop, don't stop looking because Mm -hmm. I think, you know, that's of course our natural tendency is just to give up in that. Um, but keep looking because he will meet you there. Um, and so anyways, it's not just, you know, it's not just what we do in the past, you know, going to his word, but it's, it's that continual, um, uh, continual going to his word over the course of really our life, um, where we learn and grow and it is a lifelong process. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, you are a gifted writer and devotional, and I love it. So thank you. Um, So what, as we just start to wrap this up, Ruth, what are some of your personal and professional goals this year? Maybe it's just getting out of this virus. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was like, I don't know what my goals are. I did did in January. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No. um, 
I think honestly, I entered this year thinking um, that I wanted to go. This is gonna. I have to explain this a little bit, but okay. So my main phrase was "go with courage and focus," um, and that what that means to me is that you know I can get distracted by what other people are doing. And I can feel, because I like to be a part of everything. I have, you know, I like to help you do this and I like to do this myself. And I, you know, like I, if you ask me to be a part of it, well, yeah, you know. Um, And then I can get distracted by what other people are doing and that, oh, that looks really cool. I would love to do that. And and, um, because maybe I'm very driven then I can put something on my plate that I don't necessarily need to type of thing. Um, so the go with courage and focus. So there's that part of it. And then there's that I can also be distracted and feel, uh, feel a little, um, insecure in my ability when I look at what other people are doing. And I'm sure that, you know, all of us can identify with that a little bit. Um, and so my my point in saying go with courage and focus is that there's things that God has called me to and there's things that he's he's gifted me for. And I want to be laser focused in that. And I want to have courage even when I you know, even when I falter a little or feel a little insecure, I want to have courage to go um, in the direction that he has called me, whether that's, you know, in a project I'm working on, um, a book, a podcast, whatever it is. Um, Because again, I think we can all, this hopefully others can identify with this. I think we can all struggle with what everybody else is doing and feeling like, well, gosh, you know, maybe I'm not doing enough you know, that type of thing, or mm-hmm. I should be doing this or that, or, um, and then lose sight of what God has called us to do. And so that's really, I think, I don't know, my heart for this year is really trying to stay steadfast, strong, um, and focused on where God has called me. Yeah. Awesome. And so who is someone you are following right now on social media, or is there another author or podcaster you're really enjoying listening to? Well, <laughs> I'm like trying, I was trying to think, um, you know, my, my first, she is a mentor of mine and actually how I got into mom ministry was I had read a book called the mission of motherhood and it just totally changed my whole view on motherhood. And I think, okay. um, it, her name is Sally Clarkson and maybe you've heard of her. Um, she, I love her. I love her dearly. She, through that, um, she became a mentor of mine. So she's a friend of mine now, but she's an author. Um, and she has podcasts now and she, um, you know, she posts on Instagram. So I think if I were to point anybody to somebody, it would be her. Um, she is a wealth of wisdom. I just absolutely love her. So, um, Sally Clarkson is definitely somebody. And then I was, you know, somebody, some, somebody who I like is just kind of like home and style and random is, um, her, her name, well, her handle is cotton stem. I don't know if you've heard of her. She does. Okay. Yeah. Cotton stem. She does really cute. She's just a really genuine, uh, likable person anyways. Um, And then she does home and style, just kind of random stuff like that. 
Um, and then some, uh, uh, an account that makes me laugh right now is, um, have you guys heard of Doug the Pug? <laughs> it's so yes. funny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my word. I don't know. You know, they take pictures. Well, we just got a yeah. pug puppy, a pug puppy, like right before all this happened like six weeks ago. So that's probably why I discovered Doug the pug. I didn't even yeah. know. Like, I think it's so <laughs> funny that people have these whole accounts about a dog or something, but this Doug the pug has like millions of followers. It Isn't is that crazy. It Doug is so <laughs> funny, but it's just, it just cracks me up. Like his different outfits and you have yeah. to check it out yeah. if you haven't. So those are some of the Instagram <laughs> accounts and authors I'd recommend. Awesome. We'll have to check them out. Yeah. I think, at a time like now, like laughter is so good mm. for, for now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, I always love laughing, but especially right now, just silly things like that, where it's like, what silly, just to make you chuckle. <laughs> right, right. Um, so just to kind of wrap this up, then, so we always like to ask, how do you like to unwind after a busy day? But we also had a listener reach out, um, and they wanted to know from you, how do you create me time? So we'll kind of combine those. So how do you create time for just you? And is that unwinding at the end of the day? Or what does that look like in your life? Well, it used to be when my kids were little, it was the end of the day. But see, mm -hmm. then you get to the point where your kids never go to sleep. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm <laughs> you're still here. <laughs> you're not going anywhere. Yeah. No, and I'm an extrovert, but I'm telling you what, when they get older and you have all these, you know, like adult like humans around the house all the time, yeah. there's no like, there, yeah. So I guess there's different seasons. I would definitely say that in the me time, um, there's different seasons. And so it's going to look like, I, the, the reality is because my kids are older, I could pretty much work in any time um, that I wanted to have some me time. I shouldn't say any time, but in right. general, it's a lot easier. Um, but there's a lot less of it. There's a lot less quiet, you know, because they don't take a nap. They don't go to right. bed at seven o'clock. You know, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, come on, can you please go to bed? Cause I'm so tired. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, so it looks different in different seasons. When my kids were little, it looked like that's when we came out with the devotional pressing pause, which I don't know if you've heard of that one, but yeah. The, okay. So the better mom devotional is just me as the author. And then the pressing pause is a mom devotional as well, but that's with me and my friend, Karen Eamon, who is an author and she's with Proverbs 31 ministries. So pressing pause, you know, the, when we came out with that, it was like, oh my word, I just need a few minutes alone here and there as much, you know what I mean? And so it, the idea behind it was we can press pause for just a few minutes, you know, steal a few minutes away and read a devotion. And that's really how, when I think about when my kids were little, um, that's how it is. You know, it's like, oh, if I can just get a little bit of time away, of course, when they take a nap or they go to bed early, I have some time as well, but really think of all the stuff you have to do around the house too, or whatever, you know? Right. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, and now that they're, my kids are older with older kids, I think the biggest hurdle is actually being intentional. Um, because yeah, there might be more times to, that I could, if I want, if, you know, if I built it into my time, but there's a lot because because they aren't taking a nap or they aren't going to bed early, I do have to be intentional that I actually set aside that time and yeah. just say, hey, I'm going to go take 
sometime um, to meet. So for now, today, what that looks like is I I just get up earlier than them. Um, I okay. still have to do that because it's really it's loud and distracting in my house, you know, other than that. So, yeah, um, yeah so that's how <laughs> it looks today. But again, there's different seasons. And I think as far as unwinding, I guess I'm like the queen of, you know, when people are like, if even if we had people over or whatever, and they're, everybody's like, what do you want to do? All I want to do is I just want to sit on the couch and talk. So that's... <laughs> That's like what I like to do is, you know, sit on the couch and talk to whoever's in the living room. And so I think that's honestly the way that I kind of unwind is just finally sitting down and just hanging out and talking. Yeah. And that might change after we all get out of this. (laughs) Well, that's true. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Ruth, for sharing your story and spreading the word and being so positive during this tough time and keeping things real. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Where can our listeners follow you on social media? So they, um, I'm mostly on Instagram. Um, and that's just Ruth Schwank at, um, on Instagram. And then I do have also, I'm on, I have a Facebook page as well that I think is Ruth Schwank official. So that would be on social media, the places that you could find me. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ruth. We appreciate your time and um, just, yeah, all your knowledge and insight. And we're excited to support you and looking forward to getting your book that's on my quarantine (laughs) read list. You know, I'm like, now we got a lot of time. I can read more when my kids are in bed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. All right. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye.